Wow, well, good morning. So great to be with you this morning. I know we have somewhat pressing time constraints, so without more ado, I think we should just perhaps give you a little introduction about 4SA. Out in the foyer, you'll find brochures that you're very, very welcome to take that look exactly like this. And let me tell you a little bit about 4SA. One of the things that we find, and it's a global trend, is that there is an increasing encroachment against our rights to enjoy freedom of religion. In some countries, you literally cannot preach the gospel on pain of death. We will never reach that. Amen? But what is happening even in this country, unfortunately, is that laws, commissions, court decisions are slowly eroding our right to preach, to live out, and of course to believe whatever we believe God to be. Freedom of religion applies to, of course, all religions, but the important thing is, is that we are free to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father but through him. So we're engaged in court cases. This year, we'll probably be in the constitutional court uh, because, again, parental rights are very important that we protect them because what happens is if the generation can be split off if your children can be split off from you, if you are inhibited from passing on your values and your faith to your children, then we will literally lose a generation. So we are defending these things. We go before commissions. We go before parliament. We go before law courts. Uh, but we are determined that we will have a nation and a continent where we can freely preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the mission and the vision and the mandate for SA. We exist to protect and promote freedom of religion. Amen. So your support is wonderful. This church, this ministry does support us, but you're very welcome to support us. And please, stay informed and stay engaged. Do not die of ignorance. The sons of Issachar were commended in the Bible because they understood the times. And we have to be informed. We have to know what's going on so that we know how to respond. Amen? So look at our website, look at our Facebook page, sign up for our newsletter, and by all means, make a financial contribution because we only exist because of the donations that we receive. And we believe that God has given us this work to do to defend and protect our freedoms so that typically meetings like this can happen on a Sunday. Amen? All right. Is that good enough, Simon? That was good. That was a... I mean, sometimes I speak about freedom of religion for 45 minutes, but I certainly won't do that this morning. <laughs> so now we're going to go to the Word of God, and I'm going to be speaking to you this morning on the subject of being a Bible-based church, being a Bible-based church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, that as we come to your Word, Father, we ask that you would speak to us, that your Word, which is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, would bring us light, bring us revelation, even dispel deception, Father, that you would help us to understand what it is that you want us to learn this morning, that we might grow in you and go on to be more and more powerfully used by you through the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. It is lovely to be here, by the way. Pastor Sai, thank you so much for inviting me. It's a joy. It really is a joy to be here this morning. So let's just begin. But first of all, what is the church? You know, the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the great reward of Jesus Christ. The church is the reason why he left the heights of heaven and came down and took on the form of a man and lived and faced every trial and temptation, just like you and me, and yet never, ever sinned. So that when he went to the cross and died the death that we should have died, 
and rose again to show and prove that he was indeed the Son of God, the Messiah, that we, through that amazing thing that Jesus did for us, might have the opportunity ourselves to be reconciled to God. And the church of God, therefore, is not a building, although we have a beautiful building. I mean, I've been looking around. You've got a new youth center. Look at the stage and all the stuff that's happened since I was last here. But this is not the church. You, individually and collectively, you make up this expression of the local church. But very importantly, the glory of God, which used to live in the Ark of the Covenant, now lives in you and me because we have received Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit lives within us. That is powerful. If we would just get a glimpse of what that is, and if we would also get an understanding that because Jesus Christ bled on the cross, died and rose again, when we receive him, we give him our lives. Our lives are not our own. The Bible says we are bought with a price. And that means that we need to have hearts that are willing to follow him wherever he leads us. Wherever he wants us to go, we must go. Whatever he wants us to do, we must do. Whatever he wants us to say, we must say. We need to live lives that are truly consecrated to him so that we will know what he wants us to do and do what he wants us to do. Our lives will be stamped with obedience to God because he is our Lord and he is our Savior. And every member of this church... Every member, everybody who has given their life to Christ has a unique calling and a unique destiny. There are things that only you can do. There are people that only you will meet. There are situations that only you can resolve. We need to understand. It's not just getting up here and being a pastor. Oh, I wish I was a pastor, then I could make a difference. Absolute nonsense. Wherever God has called you to go, that is where he has planted you. That is where you will be most effective. You are born for a time such as this. Philippians 2, 13 and 12 says this, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God has a good purpose for you. Can somebody say amen? amen. Somebody say God has a good purpose for me. Psalm 139 verse 16 says this, All the stages of my life were spread out before you, the days of my life all prepared before I had lived one day. That means that your life is not a mistake. That means that when you enter into today, God has a perfect will and a perfect plan and a perfect blueprint. It's filled with his blessing. It's filled with his provision. There is nothing that can come against you that you cannot overcome through the power and the name of Jesus and through the word of God that lives in you. The Bible will revolutionize your life if you begin to understand the power and the application that it has. We're intended by God to take his way and his will into every area of life. The Bible is the bedrock of our faith and of our relationship with God. I want to emphasize the importance of the word of God this morning. My title is Being a Bible-Based Church because the Bible is the only basis for our faith. If it's not in the Bible... It doesn't apply. And the sad thing is that many people often have their Bibles as a fashion accessory rather than something that they read. And rather than something that they not only read, but they internalize. And not only something that they read and internalize, but then they get up and do what it says. Because we cannot afford to believe in a Jesus of our own imagination. So many people have the impression of Jesus that he is this some kind of like cool, peace-loving dude. 
You know, he sort of walks around in a keftan and, you know, wears sandals and he's got this kind of slightly glazed look about him. And he's peace. That is not the Jesus that the Bible teaches about. Let me tell you a description of Jesus today. It says his hair and his head were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like flames of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as refined in a furnace. His voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining at its brightest. And John said, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet like one dead. Jesus is glorified. He is Lord. But he also loves us with an everlasting love. He cares deeply for each and every one of us. Not one hair of your head goes missing without his knowledge. He looks after you. He's gone before you to prepare for you. He's with you to strengthen you. He's there to fight your battles with you and for you. That is the Jesus that we believe. And the Bible must be the bedrock of our faith. And our faith must be entirely based upon the Bible because this is the maker's manual. This is our instruction for life. God breathed his word. He gave his word. And it applies for all people, for all time, for every nation, everywhere. God will never change or alter his word. And reading, internalizing, understanding the word of God is a, is a success factor, a critical success factor for our lives. Joshua 1 verse 8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means you will keep on speaking it. We have to internalize it, and then we have to speak it out. You shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The success and the prosperity of your life is therefore predicated on how much of this word is not only in you, but coming out of you. How much are you living this word? How ready are you? When life comes at you fast, to get hold of this word, no matter how impossible is the word that was given to us this morning, no matter how impossible the situation looks, God's word, if it's in your heart and coming out of your mouth, if you're standing upon it, if you're believing it, it will always prevail. God's word never fails. And the Bible is more than just a book. In fact, it's 66 books written by about 40 authors from many different walks of life, from farmers to shepherds to kings to soldiers to politicians. This word is no ordinary book, written in three languages, on three continents, over a period of 1,600 years, and yet perfectly themed, perfectly themed, perfectly ordered, pointing always forward from the Old Testament to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the revelation of who he is and how that applies to our lives. We are world changers because of the word of God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, Jesus is the word of God. Why the word of God is so powerful is because Jesus is the word. John 1 says this, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, 
And without him, nothing was made that was made. See, Jesus is the word. So when you begin to internalize, speak out, stand upon this word, you are standing on this word because it is empowered by the resurrected Christ. And Jesus promised that though heaven and earth may pass away, his words will never pass away. He has given us everything we need in his word, the Bible says, for life and godliness. And his word is alive. It carries absolute authority. It carries the authority of Christ himself. So that every word that God has spoken will surely come to pass because he's sealed it. He's guaranteed it. And our privilege is simply to say, Amen. Amen. So be it. 2 Corinthians 1.20. You see, we're in the word this morning. I'm not making this up, friends. I'm just quoting the word of God to you. For no matter how many promises God has made, and he's made hundreds and thousands, They are yes in Christ. And so it is through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And we mustn't be deceived. See, deception is very subtle. If deception wasn't subtle, then it wouldn't be deception. And the only way that we can avoid deception is when we hold everything up to the standard of his word. And let this word filter so that we might know that we might be able to discern the difference between right and wrong. That's why we've got to study this word. That's why we have Bible schools. That's why we have courses which teach on different subjects. And 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the Bible contains the supernatural power and the authority of God's word. And reading this book, this Bible, needs to be a daily lifetime habit. You're never too old to read this Bible. You're never so mature. (laughs) I know everything. I've arrived. I've been a Christian 30 years. I learn new things every single day when I read this Bible. God switches on some new thing. Why? Because this is not a book. This is alive. This is the living word. And this word will literally jump off the page at you sometime. It has a profound, life-changing, spiritual dynamic. When the word of God jumps off the page, that word is called a rhema word. The logos, which is the word for the written word, is one thing. But rhema is when literally some promise that you read or some scripture that you read just jumps off the page. Have you ever had that experience? Anybody ever had that when you're reading the Bible and maybe you're praying about something and you're really facing a challenge and suddenly, jish, you get a scripture. It's like, wow. And when you put your faith to that, And when you stand on that word, nothing can stop the circumstances aligning to come into line with God's word. Because God's word is definitive. Let me share about my wife. You saw a picture of her. My wife, seven years ago, went in to have a random checkup. And at that checkup, I got a call, come immediately to the surgery, come immediately to the doctor's office. So when we got in there, the doctor said, look, you've got stage four cancer. We need to admit you to hospital probably next week for an operation. My wife looked at him and she said, So I understand that I have stage four cancer. I understand it's life-threatening. I understand that's the fact, but the truth is that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And my wife is fit and strong and healthy and fighting and doing great things today, seven years later. Why? She's never been to hospital. Never had to have an operation. Because God has supernaturally kept her and preserved her. We're trusting God for her complete healing. 
Amen. God is able. God is able. God's word will always prevail. We can stand on it. We can proclaim God's word in any and every situation because it will achieve the purpose for which God sends it. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says this, For as rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it strong and make it come forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In other words, when you plant a seed and it rains and you get sunshine, what happens? It grows. It's inevitable. It's unstoppable. It's unpreventable. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God will always honor his word. The Bible says he hastens after it to perform it. And we can have confidence that, as the Bible says, if we ask anything according to his will, if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. You see, our confidence the bedrock of our faith must be in this word of God. It is the foundation of our faith. And faith comes by hearing. That's why it's so important that we hear the word. That's why it's so important that we read the word. Because it doesn't matter when you've got the word in your heart, whatever comes against you, if it's contrary to that word, that word will prevail and that circumstance must change. I want to just share a couple of stories. I know we have short time. But I've been doing this for many years. And I've seen God's goodness in my life. I've seen God's absolutely undeserved goodness in my life. And I've seen God come through for me in amazing ways. I want to tell you a story that happened to me when I lived in Nashville. I dropped Pastor Rice at the airport. And when I was at the airport, I felt this kind of prickling sense in my, in my face. And it felt kind of weird. And then I realized, wait a minute, I actually can hardly feel my face. And then I realized that I actually couldn't close my eye and my mouth was just drooped down. And I thought, I'm having a stroke. That's pretty serious. I kind of looked a bit like that guy. And so I went to the hospital because that's a sensible thing to do, amen? We need to find out what we're fighting. Don't die of ignorance. And I went to the hospital and I got to see the doctor and the doctor said to me, and he had this big book, thick book, and he was flapping through the pages of all the different diseases. It was like the devil's Bible. You know? <laughs> all the different diseases, looking for the one that I had. And he stopped at a page and he said, that's what you've got. And he showed me a picture kind of looking like that guy. He said, he said you've got Bell's palsy. He said, Bell's palsy. He said, it's, it's a paralysis of the side of your face. He said, what happens is that your eye, basically, all your nervous system in this side of your face has stopped. He said, it's, it's dangerous because, and the reason why you have to wear a patch like that guy is because you can't close your eye when you're sleeping or you're rolling over at night. You can damage your eye and you can go blind. He said, you know, usually it takes about six weeks to recover. Some people never recover, he said, in a cheerful way. And I said, thank you, doctor. I said, now I know what I'm fighting. And I walked out. I didn't even put the patch on. I got into my car and I said, devil, I said, I don't care what this symptom is because I know and declare that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And I declare and decree that I will close my eye tonight in sleep 
because I will not receive the sickness that you're trying to lay upon me and I will testify of the healing power and the goodness of God all the days of my life because God is my healer and he is my Lord and I curse your work and I cancel your assignment. And I went and I got together with Pastor Jim LaFoon who I live next door and he's a good guy to have to pray with you by the way. And my wife, we got around and we prayed and guess what happened that night? I closed my eyes in sleep. It broke that curse. My face returned perfectly to normal by the next day. Come on. God is able. He's a miracle working God. We had another situation. Let me tell you, the Bible says that we have to build our house upon the rock. That is the rock of God's word. Because when the storms come, when the wind and when the waves come and they beat upon the house, let me tell you, you will never ever be immune from trials. Has anybody here never had a trial in their life? If you put your hand up, I'll say, oh, God help me. God help you. Trials come. And when trials come, if we're not standing upon this word, our house is in danger of falling. We had a trial in America. My daughter, let's see the next slide. My daughter, Emma, we discovered that she had a very rare and unusual condition. She had a huge splenic cyst. And the problem with the splenic cyst was that when they operated on it, there was an operation that had multiple stages and she was on the most powerful painkillers for literally weeks. And what happens with your body when you have painkillers is that your body is meant to feel pain. We're designed to feel pain. It's actually good to feel pain because then at least we know something's wrong, amen? But the problem is that your painkiller medication will work for a time and then your body, your brain, which is very smart, kind of rewires itself so it can feel pain. So you have to mix up the drugs. You have morphine drugs. You have codeine drugs. You have sulfur-based drugs. You have all sorts of different pain-killing options. And Emma was given a lot of these drugs. Now, in very rare cases, when you come off the drugs, which, of course, you do when the operation is successful and is completed, is you get what's called a rebound headache. It's almost as if everything that should have felt pain in your body, in your brain, particularly, suddenly wakes up, and you get a crushing migraine. That migraine can last for a day. It can last for a week. Sometimes it can last for years. And the problem is you can't take pain medication to deal with it because it's caused by the pain medication. And in my daughter's case, she got this terrible, terrible migraine. She would literally cry and scream. If you're a parent, you'll relate to this. For 20 hours a day. She could not keep anything down. She was constantly vomiting. Couldn't keep liquid down. Couldn't keep food down. She got weaker and weaker and weaker. And then her body started to go into shock. And the first thing that happened was that she literally lost the use of her lower body. She became paralyzed from the waist down. She couldn't feel any pain at all. You could actually put a pin in her feet. I didn't, by the way. But <laughs> the doctors tested her by sort of stabbing her feet with a stick and stuff. No pain whatsoever. She was paralyzed. She couldn't move. And then she lost her sight. And then she went blind. So my beautiful 12-year-old daughter can't keep any food down. It's getting weaker, getting thinner, paralyzed, blind, screaming with pain. She was in and out of hospital. Let me tell you, when that happens, 
If you've never prayed before, you're going to start to pray. And we prayed. We prayed. We had... I remember having meetings in my house and literally I had these amazing prayer warriors. And one, one time in a fit of complete enthusiasm, somebody literally tipped a whole bottle of olive oil on my head. <laughs> I said, God, thank you for the anointing. But what really settled it for me was the word. You see, I said, God, give me a word. Tell me what will happen. You know, God, if you want to take my daughter, then take her. You give and you take away. She's yours anyway. But I need to know because I need to know how to fight this thing. I need to know how to respond in this way. And God gave me this word. He said, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered for I will contend with him who contends with you and I will save your children, says the Lord. See, God gives you a word. And when I had that word, I knew she's not going to die. People would say to me, How's your daughter doing? And maybe I'd taken her to hospital in an emergency run the, the day before and I said, she's getting better, thank you. Because I knew that she's going to recover and every day that goes by, every minute that ticks by, she's getting better and better and better. I said, she's getting better. And we held on by faith, regardless of the circumstance. Do not believe your eyes. Believe the word of God. And one day I was in a meeting. Come on, we can give God a hand for that. One day I was in a meeting at the church. I was working with Pastor Rice and Pastor Steve, Pastor Kevin and the Bethel team. And I got a phone call for my daughter. She says, Daddy, Daddy, I can see. She said, I prayed. I said, Lord, please have mercy on me. And my eyes just opened. I can see again. And two weeks later, she got out of her wheelchair. Show the next slide. That's her 10 days later. You see, God reverses the curse. And when God restores you, by the way, he doesn't just restore you back to where you were. He restores you to where you always should have been. Because his word prevails. His word is powerful. His word lives and works and moves in every single one of our lives. And we need to base our lives upon this word. Because when we do that, we will be world changers through his power and to his glory. Can somebody say amen? amen? Let's stand together. Let me ask a question. The starting place for building your life upon God's word is to acknowledge that you need a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You see, you may have heard the message many times, but let me tell you, the Bible says, if today you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. I believe there are people here today, and you know, if you are absolutely honest, that if you died right now, God forbid, but if you did and you stood before God, and God said to you, why should I allow you into my holy heaven? You wouldn't know what to say. Because your own good deeds, your own righteousness, all the sort of good things you've done, one sin, the Bible says, will separate you for eternity from God. But that's not what you want, and that is not why Jesus died. He died so that your sins might be forgiven. And when we receive him, the Bible says, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons and daughters of God. And if you've never made that commitment, if you've never made that decision to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, 
I want to ask you to do something bold and something courageous. Just raise your hand. Say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to make right with God. Just step up your hand. Say, that's me. I need Jesus. Let me tell you, there's another force in this world called the devil. And he would love you to just keep your hand behind your back. Because he hates you. The Bible says he comes only to kill, to steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life to the full. And if you need Jesus, if you want that life and life to the full, if you want the abundant life, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I need Jesus. Is there anybody here? Anybody here? Let me ask another question. Are you standing on God's word? Is your life committed to him? Are you willing to go wherever, whenever, however, anytime, anywhere, anyhow? Because that's who God wants you to be. You see, the more surrendered we are to him, the more powerfully he can use us. The more of God's word we have in our lives and in our hearts, the more powerfully he can use us. And I want to encourage you, if you're not doing this, start now. Start today. Be a Bible-based Christian. Get the word of God deeply rooted in your life. And you will see transformations, not just in your life, but in your children, in your family, in your work, in your context, because the more of God we have in our lives, the more of God flows out of our lives. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.